You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to On the Bench. Uh, you know it's a big day when I got my tank top on. You guys like this one? Josh, it says somewhere there's a bourbon out there that misses me. No. Chris, do you no. like it? No. If people can't see you shaking your head, Chris. It's it's an audio medium. I translated it. <laughs> Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone, for better or worse. I've got Josh Newberg and Chris Nee with me. We... Uh, we have an action-packed episode of OTB to get to today, including a very special guest. No, it's not Chris. Uh, he's joining us in the first part of the podcast. The second part of the podcast is going to feature Justice Reed. Josh, do you want to do a little a little preview of, of who Justice is and what we're going to talk to him about uh, after our break? Yeah, Justice Reed is a defensive end transfer candidate, uh, graduate transfer, so he wouldn't have to sit out a year. He would come in and have one year of eligibility and then he would graduate. Uh, but Justice Reed's got an interesting kind of backstory to him. I covered him at a high school. He went to Clearwater Central Catholic, CCC, down here in Pinellas County and signed with the Gators out of high school. Well, I covered him in, back in 2014. <laughs> I covered him back in 2013. So it's been even longer than that. Um, it'll be good to have him back on the pod. Just interested to hear his story about the transfer portal and how it works. You know, we, we report on it all the time, but we don't really know from the other side of, you know, what the process is like. So we'll talk to him and uh, get some insight into his recruitment to Florida state as well. Chris, you'll be shocked to hear this. He says that, uh, that you can put your name in the transfer portal and then there's a 48 hour window that the school can wait for to try to get you to take it out. All the lessons James Blackman has taught us. (laughs) Justice is a uh, it's going to be a good interview. I think you guys will enjoy it. He's a high priority for Florida State because they are looking for a pass rusher to go along with what they currently have in the interior of the defensive line. He was really productive at Youngstown State. What do you have? 14 sacks this past season, 12 uh, and and some decent metrics as well. But before we get to that, we uh, we have a few pretty interesting developments. Uh, The biggest one is is A.J. Litton, Lighton, Litton. Which one is it, Chris? Lighton? (laughs) Who cares anymore? We don't have to announce it anymore. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he, he is no longer on the roster. Uh, Chris, real quick, I'm gonna. you're the one who reported it. How did that all kind of develop yesterday evening? Well, actually, somebody brought it up on the message board asking why he wasn't on the roster. So I inquired with a representative of Florida State and was told the exact quote that we shared in the update, which is that he's been removed from the team. Mm. Um, you know, based on what we've dug on and found out, he didn't want to do what was being asked of him. He's no longer part of the team. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, this is what we have. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we piece this together through different sources. Uh, so take that for what it's worth because this is kind of taking you know different different puzzle pieces here. But there sounds like there was a disconnect at Matt Drills. Uh, AJ left. Mike Norville basically shut the door on his return. He was removed from the roster sometime in between there. There, there was you know, obviously a disagreement between the two of them. 
players, if you can gather from Twitter, were surprised, and, and that is accurate. They were surprised, uh, not too pleased. I know we had the Corey Durden tweet that was since deleted. So it's an interesting dynamic. I, I think some people will look at this as like a crossroads because uh, I know the players are probably not happy and some are going to want him back, but uh, I don't think you can go back if you're Florida State. I think this is Mike Norvell kind of laying down the law. If, if you're not doing what's asked of you, uh, go ahead, Josh. I, I, this is interesting, though. Yeah, and when Mike Norvell was hired, one, I don't want to say one of the downsides of the hire, but one of the question marks that we had was how will Mike Norvell handle the trials and tribulations of a major D1 program? And this is just that. Like, you have more eyes on it now. So he makes a move, gets rid of A.J. Litton, and all of a sudden Durden pops off on Twitter. There's a lot of fans watching, media's watching. Like, this is just – kind of the things that we're talking about. And it's going to be interesting to see how Mike Norvell navigates uh, these bumps in the road. I had two main thoughts when I heard the news yesterday. One, tour of duty is a sophomore year course that you're taking for your required major. And then you realize that's not your major. Some guys drop out of school at that point. Some guys change majors. Mm -hmm. The other thought is the reaction of dirt and other players. This isn't a player run program at this point. It's incapable of being it doesn't have the leadership it needs to to be a player run program nor to success. Right. Usually when you have a good program, it is player run. I wouldn't consider FSU currently a good player run program. So I think that's why you're seeing that it's a coach run program at this point. It's gonna be his way or the highway and it is what it is. Not everybody's gonna like it, but you're accept and move on or you're not part of it. Someone put in the group thread the Joker uh, here we go. I think I did. I mean, that was just kind of like, you it's know, the begin- like, but it's the beginning yeah. of what we'd imagine is probably, I don't want to say a purge, but uh, there's going to be, there's going to be guys leaving. And uh, largely because the program is shifting right now. Norvell's responsible for doing that. Right, Josh. Yep. There's going to be some guys that look at what's going on and say, I didn't sign up for this. And Durden's, I think re- Durden's reaction to has to be taken with a grain of salt. Durden's an emotional dude. Mm-hmm. He reacts to everything on Twitter one way or the other. So it's and sort of it is. I don't think it's a microcosm necessarily of what the team's thinking, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So uh, that's that news from a depth chart standpoint. I know there were some people who were upset because of what AJ Litton Lighten could be, uh, but he'd been at Florida state for two years. He's shown a couple glimpses here and there, but really hadn't made a big contribution and, not like uh, not like the past defense was anywhere near elite. So to me, uh, I think you have to move on. Like if, if that's not if someone's not fitting in the culture of your program, I don't think anyone at this point is above the program. I don't think anyone's even close to that. Uh, losing AJ Litton to me isn't isn't a big loss. Uh, the more interesting part, as we've talked about, is going to be how Mike Norvell kind of handles players being upset and and what he does with the microscope kind of on him moving on from that Brandon Jennings uh with the top the the top 247 for the 2021 class uh was released Brandon Jennings FSU's linebacker prospect someone that Chris Knee was thinking could become a five-star drops he kind of so, well I can no longer refer to him as borderline five-star anymore no you can't he drops from 67 to 152 outrage predictably ensues uh listen i i want chris's thoughts on this i know he's passionate about it it's early guys like there's still going to be time to change if you want to say that jennings is a top 100 prospect i'm fine with that like if you want to drop him a little bit i thought 150 was a 
pretty monumental drop that I don't really quite understand. But uh, Chris, I'll, I'll throw this to you because you've seen him play more than I have. I didn't get it. I disagreed with it. I'm not one to, you know, overstep when it comes to the rankings. I know the people that are doing them are working hard. They're taking input from others. They're trying to evaluate film, compare apples and oranges. It's not an easy task. I've had the pleasure of doing it a couple of years, and I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. But my personal view, Terrence Lewis is a stud. Brandon Jennings is a stud. I personally would take Jennings over Lewis. I don't think there's a big margin of difference between the two. You know, we're staring at Lewis. He's now the number one ranked player as position number 16 in the country. And somehow the other guy is, you know, 130, 40 spots lower than him. I don't get the margin of difference. I'm of the opinion Jennings is a top 50 player. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the country. I am of the opinion he's the best linebacker in the state. And, you know, I think it's a fairly good year for linebackers in the state, especially with those two at the top. So I didn't understand it. I didn't agree with it. Plenty of time for it to change. You know, he might end up in the Army or the Under Armour game. That's always a big rankings week. I think his senior film will pop as long as he stays healthy. He's a guy that every time I've watched him in person, he's been the best player on the field. And he's played with some really good players on his team and against some really good players on the other team that were D1 level prospects. And he's consistently been the best player on the field. I get that, you know, he's not the most athletically freaky guy. He's not, you know, super bendy or flexible, or all those things. But when I want a linebacker that can finish plays, is quick to the point of attack, can cover sideline to sideline, can move. He's an inside guy who's capable of playing outside. I think he's very, very good. My prediction is is he'll end up right where he was ranked before this. Like I think he'll probably be in the 50 to 75 range or so. It's tough for a linebacker, like Chris said, if, unless he's this elite freak space eater, modern day, can do everything type of prospect to be a to be a five star uh, guy. That's just, that's how it goes. I wasn't expecting him to see a huge jump personally. And at the end of the day, like we're talking the difference of like you know sixty or so spots when they're ranking what two thousand, three thousand kids in a in a recruiting cycle. Like it's a fairly a uh, small difference here to kind of to parcel over, but it's still disappointing to see someone fall. We'll we'll yeah. live we'll live though, guys. Bigger thing to me, I don't think there's eleven outside linebackers in the country who are better than him. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, Chris. Uh, like you said, he has time though. I'll be interested to see what he does. I'm sure he'll be at the opening and he'll do a lot of offseason things to where we can kind of see him against some of the elite uh, prospects at his position and compare apples to apples. The other thing I wanted to discuss real quick, Chris and I are planning to go to this right now uh, and cover it, but it, it is something FSU is doing. That's pretty cool. There's a uh, there's a sports analytics summit on Monday. Josh, I know you're excited about that, right? I am excited. Did you get me a ticket? No, I got Chris a ticket, though. I didn't think you wanted to come up for that. I, I'm excited, though, because uh, Mike Norvell, Bobby Bowden will be the headliners. That's right. Legendary. I think coach it'll be Bobby a great Bowden. event. Uh, it'll and they have some other really cool names too. People from marketing standpoint with analytics, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I think so. We'll be there to to kind of take it all in. I'm not sure if we'll be there from the entire nine to four block, but we'll definitely be there to see the football coaches talk. Uh, if you are interested, tickets are on sale for fifteen dollars. Let's see, fsusportsanalytics.com is the address. I wrote something about it yesterday. You can check it out on those twenty four seven. There's a link. In the story, if you're interested, it'll be on campus. Again, that's on Monday. One more thing before we get to the Justice Reed interview. Uh, I guess I'll tease it. Josh and I and Chris will be involved with it too, but we're going to be doing a pretty cool series on the podcast coming up starting at the end of this week and then moving through probably until the start of spring practice on March 7th. 
I'll just tease it for now until it gets going, but there'll be about 10 or so episodes of it. And, and I think it'll be unique. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Josh, is there anything you want to add without giving too much away? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't like to, I, I'm very, um, yeah, you know what? You owe me, you owe me an apology. Like you owe me Why? an apology. You said I was going to jinx the justice read interview. You said it on the podcast. You're saying it on Twitter. All right. I'm, I'm looking into my crystal ball into the future. I'm thinking we will get a justice read interview very shortly. Let me tell you a little something about scheduling interviews with players, coaches, entertainers, and, and of the sort. They're not always reliable. And somebody with as much anxiety as yourself has, you don't have to mention it on the podcast and put yourself under all this pressure to get this interview done. Just don't say anything. The people are going to appreciate anything that we put out. And whenever we put it out, they'll, they'll get it. They'll love it. And um, you don't need to add all that extra anxiety on your plate. You know, if the phone wasn't blinking red with justice on the outline, you know how much Sinone would just be sweat on the other side of the camera right now? <laughs> I'm predicting right. that we will talk to Justice Reed after this commercial break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, as promised, we have pass rusher extraordinaire from Youngstown State. He's in the transfer portal. He's a commodity. Uh, Florida State is one of the teams interested in him. We have Justice Reed. Justice, thank you for joining Josh and myself today. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good, good, good. I uh, I appreciate you being on the on the bench with us. Uh, basically, man, we want to kind of get an idea of your journey, your your basically whole ride to this point in your life. Uh, you're, like I said, a commodity. There's teams interested in you. Uh, it's been an interesting ride. You don't see a whole lot of guys that are kind of deciding on where to go for their seventh year of of college, and you're going to be 24 years old, I believe, when when the season starts. Uh, so I want to start off kind of jokingly here. I was doing a little bit of research for you before we started doing the podcast and read that uh, at Youngstown the last couple of years, teammates called you grandpa. Is, is that true? I don't even say they called me grandpa. It was, it was like during camp and um... – the news like came to practice and they interviewed me afterwards. They're like, hey, you're so old. Like, you know, you're kind of like the grandpa of the team. Like they like laughed about it. I was like, yeah, I guess so. And then like, I kind of just like ran with it. I mean, people called me for like a week or two and then like, that was pretty much it. But I mean, I'm all, I'm old in college football terms, but I mean, I'm really only like 20 something. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justice, thanks for joining us on the bench. It was funny. I was doing some research, uh, Looked at my Instagram. I'm like, man, I think I remember covering Justice Reed. And sure enough, like 
couple months after my Instagram started and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, but I posted a couple recruit photos and, and sure enough, like you were one of them back at CCC. Um, it's been quite the journey, hasn't it? Oh yeah. It's been a, seems like a lifetime ago, honestly. <laughs> so there was no transfer portal when you started, uh, uh, when you started this whole thing, there was no such thing as a transfer portal. Um, what, Tell the people, we're just trying to get some insight into this. What, how do you enter yourself into the transfer portal? Um, you just go and talk to the compliance and you, uh, well, I didn't really have to talk to them. I just emailed them and told them mm. basically. And then they have, um, 48 hours to put you in. So, um, they waited the whole 48 hours because they didn't want me to go. But, um, so that's really all it is. There's nothing really like, too, other than you just tell them that you want to go, and then um, we didn't have a head coach at the time, so I think the coach can like deny it or something like that, and you have to go through another process. But we didn't have a coach, so um, that didn't happen to me. Right. Um, so okay, so you put your name in the portal. How long before schools start contacting you, and how do they start contacting you? Is it email? Is it phone calls? Like what is it? Uh, I got like. Probably like an hour, hour and a half after I was in the portal, like I started getting phone calls and coaches were following me on Twitter. At first, it was like a bunch of like FCS and D two schools, and then eventually, like like a little bit longer, like a little bit later, like a bunch of like big schools, FBS schools, like Virginia Tech was like one of the first people to hit me up. As soon as like I, I like as I got in the portal, and then I tweeted that like I was in the portal. Um, like the whole Virginia Tech staff followed me and like was on it like right away so i mean kind of just depends um some i feel like some schools like are looking in the portal every mm-hmm. day for people that they need so um i think i just got lucky i guess i had the right got around about the right time um i put myself in like right at the end of signing day so um i don't know if that had anything to do with it either but uh um that's when it's pretty much when i did it so yeah when you put your name in, were you a little nervous? Like, oh, what if nobody reaches out? Like, because you don't, because there can't be any contact before you put your name in, so you don't really know yeah. where the interest is going to be. Um, what was maybe the first school that you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to be okay when they reached uh, out? Well, like I said, like the first, like as soon as I like put myself in there, like Virginia Tech was like the one of the first people who hit me up. So you felt so, good then. And like, then, you'd have and some then options. like right after right them, like. Florida State came too, so I was like, okay, well, maybe this is about to get. I might have some good options here, and then like, not even like probably later that night, I had talked to I don't know how many schools. It's like a lot of mm-hmm. people came out of nowhere, so um, they didn't take very long. I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody. I mean, um, not everybody's a old head like I am, and been through a lot, and like had the season I had last year, so uh, I think I just kind of you know it was the right situation. Let me take one more. Um, right. Did you know, when did you know you're going to go in the transfer portal? Like, did you start your, your last season at Youngstown saying, man, I want to have such a big year that, that I transfer out of here or like, how did it all transpire? Like my, I been, I didn't really want to have the seventh year. Like, I mean, I applied for my six or now they gave me two. So I had like no idea until like, Oh, the beginning of camp that I got two years back. So, uh, like, when camp started, like, oh, you got two years? I was like, no way. And I was like, yeah, like, so, I mean, like, something happens this year. Like, you got another year. And I was like, all right, sweet. Well, 
cool. And then I never really, I wasn't thinking about transferring at all. Um, I was honestly trying to like do as best as I could this past season so I could try to leave and um, go to the, uh, declare for the draft and all that stuff. But um, I, after like the season was over, I talked to some people and got some other people's opinions, and I was like projected as like a late round free agent guy. So, um, you know, I mean, I understood that I played FCS ball, and it's different than like if you played like you had like. We had one kid here get drafted in the third round, but he played uh, like four years straight and like led the team in sacks. like first team all conference like all four years. So I mean, it's it's different than just playing. I had battles of injuries too, so um, I wasn't really thinking about transferring until Coach Bo left. And then when he left, I was like, I talked to my family and I was trying to think like, well, I might have some options out there. So um, I mean, we don't have a coach right now, so I might as well just throw myself in there and you know try to see what's best for me and my family seems there's a better situation out there that could, uh, you know, help me get to where I want to go. So, so the route I decided to take. Justice, you mentioned some injuries and, and I think throughout your career, you had a few of them. Uh, can you walk us through, I think you started at Florida and the different injuries you've had to battle that kind of led to you getting that, that very rare seventh year of, of eligibility. Well, yeah, my, for my last year at Florida, um, I like fell or something like that, or my like my plica was like out of place or overgrown or something like that, and they try to heal it naturally for like the whole pretty much the whole season, and I didn't play at all or practice at all, and it wasn't working. So they finally I probably had surgery like around the last few weeks of the season, and um, just had a little scope. It was nothing serious. Um, probably I'll probably be able to play that year if they got it done earlier, but you know I didn't want to get surgery at the time, so um, we was just trying to like heal it naturally, but. That didn't happen, so I missed that year, and I tried it in spring. did work out, and then I decided to leave. And then um, my first year here, like the fourth game of the season, I dislocated my elbow. And I was I, I like played four games, I had, and then I like was out for like four, four or five weeks, and I played the last two games. And then um, like I still love the team in sacks and stuff, so I had a pretty good year. I mean, for given the – like time that I played I felt like I had a pretty good year and then obviously and then 2018 after um that season like in the off season we're doing off season conditioning and um I tore my Achilles just like running yeah. through distance bands so so I was out that whole year and that was the year like I applied for everything and like came back um before the season started and it was like yeah you got we're giving you two for one obviously from Florida and the one here because I applied I applied for a medical when I was at Florida too and that granted me then too but back then the rules were different you were look you're only allowed to get like um, you're only allowed you got you can get a if you registered your freshman year and you got a medical you the only way you get it back is if like you got hurt again so that's what happened to me and um, I guess the rules changed and they gave me it for for both years so I don't know I mean. It's a unique situation. Um, I mean, it's not an ideal situation as far as injury-wise, but you know, I've feel like I've I've kind of thrived from it. I got a lot stronger up top, and um, obviously got to develop more. And I'm older than everybody here, so um, I feel like I have that to my advantage too. Yeah, yeah, man. If anyone deserves a seventh year, it sounds like it sounds like you for all you've gone through. Certainly with the injuries. Uh, I'm curious. You've mentioned a little bit with what you're looking for as you've entered the transfer portal uh, this time around, like Josh mentioned earlier, uh, when you first transferred, 
uh, from Florida to Youngstown State. I don't think the transfer portal was a thing then. So I guess for you, like what's been different about this process so far from the first time you transferred? And I guess how are you approaching it differently now that you're a few years older and, and kind of know you have one more year of college football left? How do you approach that differently? Well, I feel like this time around, uh, I'm a little more established. Like when I left Florida, I hadn't done anything. I only played a few games. So um, it's, I think there's a big difference in the year I had this past year at Youngstown. Um, pretty much, I'm not really like back when I was leaving um, Florida or even coming into high school, I was into like all the big and flashy and all that stuff. And like, I'm not really, I'm older now. Like, I just want to, I just want to like be in the best situation and be in a, be in a situation where we're winning and, I'm playing a lot and um, we have success as a team. So uh, that, as far as like the big times, like big time schools and all that stuff, doesn't matter. I just want to be in the best situation for me. So, I mean, if like a small FCS or another FCS school is the best option, that's what I'm good with. But no, obviously right now, that's not what I'm thinking just because everybody's been hitting me up and, situations that are out there as far as where, where I'm needed and where they want me to play and all that stuff. So um, basically just, you know, talk to my family and just trying to get um, into the best situation where the culture is good, you know, the good coach staff, um, being around people that want to win, that's a big thing. Um, and then uh, obviously, you know, how I'm going to be used when I get there. So it's kind of how I'm approaching it. And like, I'm not making it like distance isn't an issue. I mean, it'd be obviously it'd be nice to be back down in Florida, um, but I mean, in a year from now, I could be playing anywhere in the country. So, I mean, as far as this goes, I'm not really worried about that. I'm just looking for the best situation for me. What is um, Florida State's pitch to you right now? Um, so the, they're pretty sure they said they were, uh, cut a couple of young guys that weren't um, proven yet, and. Uh, they need a guy that obviously like a pass rush. Uh, they have two two kids in the middle that are like first round, third round picks. So um, and it would be nice to be surrounded by people that are like obviously coveted and going to be drafted high. I feel like it takes mm-hmm. a lot of pressure off of me as far as like you know going to a situation where I'm the only guy out there that can rush the pass. Like you, you know where the line's going to set and you know where the double team's going to come and all that other stuff. So. Um, that has let, like goes along with it a lot. Um, I really like Coach Norvell. Um, they have, it seems like they have to put together a good staff there and try to change the culture and everything and get things back on the right track. So, um, you know, also I had um, one of my high school coaches reached out to me and told me that uh, you know they had some really high interest in me and also my not my my head coach Coach uh, Davis. He's he's retired now, but mm-hmm. his his son law is the head coach at CCC now, and he's been helping me a little bit with everything and um obviously uh my defensive line coach he's from high school but he doesn't coach anymore but coach fisher uh, he knows some guys right down for state too and they've been talking really highly of me so um and also me being from florida naturally and my mom when to come see games and stuff like that so that's kind of like um that plays a little bit of a right. role to it too but um what are what are the main teams you're considering right now you said the main schools yeah uh, right now, I have visits to Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Baylor. Um, Going to be like deciding like next two um, pretty soon here. Just kind of just talking to people, waiting for my dad, get my dad's input, and you know, just go from there. When do you want to make your decision by? What'd you say? 
Uh, by the end of April, probably. By the end of uh, April. My, my, my visits right now are the 4th, 11th, and 18th. So, um, like, right after I take them on, so it's probably that one. So, I'm trying to – I finish here May 9th, so I'm trying to go on campus as soon as possible. Right. And does it feel a little bit weird that you might end up your, you know, you might finish your career as a Seminole, having started it as a Fortigator? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit weird, you know, like, <laughs> weird life is weird, and, like, yeah. you know, uh, like, feel like I was at Florida, like, basically, like, a whole career ago. I've spent three years there and three years here, so, um, I've, the only people I really even know on the team now, like, personally, are, like, Rick and Kyle and Stone, so, I mean, there's not very many guys left at Florida that I really know, so, um, a couple, Jeremiah Moon and a few others, but, like, other than that, like, I mean, that's basically like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. A bad so, career ago, honestly, for a college career. What are you hoping to see when you visit Florida State? Um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really have like a, a set thing I'd like to see. Just, you know, I want to see, like, I'm, I'm going to the spring game, so I want to see obviously personnel they have there and then how, how they're being coached, Um, you know, uh, Strange. I want to meet with strength staff and academic staff and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, get get the lowdown on all of them, and then um, pretty much you know just see how I fit in. And, you know, talk to some of the guys and see if like you know they can look past the part that I was a, a former Gator, <laughs> and um, you know just kind of you know go from there. For people who aren't familiar with your game, you've you've been really productive at Youngstown State, and even even at times at Florida too, you were productive. I guess what do you think you do well as a as a pass rusher? What are your strengths? What's your playing style like? And what do you think you bring to wherever wherever you end up going, uh, wherever the next school is? Um, I think I have pretty good hands. Uh, that's uh, well, obviously I got length. My arms are pretty long. I don't know how like, we got the scouts come here like they measure all this stuff. So. I can't remember exactly how, but they're like freaking out because my arms are so long. And you know, <laughs> I've been told I've been good with my hands and stuff like that. And I feel like I'm good on my hands and um, converting speed to power using my long arm. Uh, you know, uh, just you know, I feel like I just I by my dad and like my coaches up there have a natural like passion ability. You know, just trying to get do whatever I got to do to get back there. You know. Um, I've had some great coaches over the years, so like I've taken everything from everywhere I've been. Um, every every uh, defensive line coach I've had, I've learned something from them. So just taking that along with me, I feel like my experience and um, obviously my time and age uh, goes along with it too. Is it kind of crazy to think you're you could very well be a year away from getting drafted, uh, given given your entire journey, given the injuries, given you'll you'll end up probably being at three schools. Uh, What's that like to know you're you're this close to making it to what I imagine justice is a is a pretty big career goal for you? Um, you know that's the main goal, and you know, God willing, if that happens, you know, it'd be awesome. But you know, I'm just trying to you know do everything I can to try to get there. So I'll be happy when I get there. But right now, I'm just trying to put in all the work to get there. Uh, it hasn't been easy. You know, I've made it this far, so I mean, I understand why. Like you know. I can't, you know, make it, you know, I've, I've beat odds, like everything that's happened to me, a lot of people would, you know, fold it in, like, you know, kind of just like stopped and mm-hmm. gave up on football, but, you know, I never stopped. I just started work, kept working hard and, you know, um, kept this in my faith and that everything's going to be all right. And, you know, um, just, you know, did everything I had to do to try to, try to, try to, uh, 
showcase my talents, you know, and I feel like I've, I've done a pretty good job with that. So, you know, whatever school I decide to go to, or even if I stay here, um, uh, you know, whatever I got to do just to try to get to the next level, that's what I'm going to do. All right, Justice, I think that's everything that Josh and I had for you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, for opening up. and great. Kind of sh- yeah, sharing your journey. Uh, whether it's FSU, whether it's Baylor, Virginia Tech, wherever you end up, man, we, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, it's certainly put in the work to, uh, to have all these good things come your way. So thank you for joining us, Justice. Appreciate it, man. takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.